Welcome to Wit & Wire, where we take you behind the scenes to learn how to start and scale a successful podcast that makes an impact. I'm your host, Melissa Guller, a podcast producer, host, and instructor on a mission to amplify and diversify voices in podcasting. No matter how new or seasoned you are as a host, I can't wait to help you find more listeners, expand your audience, build authentic connections, and hit the charts. Today, I'm excited to be here with Amora Brown. Amora is currently working on launching her new podcast, so she's here to ask me some questions about remote recording and how to ultimately edit those files to turn them into a finished episode. So first, let's say hello to Amora and learn a little bit more about her show, Corporatainment. My podcast is essentially going to be talking about how people can hold full-time jobs while simultaneously chasing after their dream in the performing arts. I love how clear Amora's listener is, and I think it's a great idea for a show. So with that in mind, I invited her to submit a question so that I could offer her some help. So here's what she asked. Currently, I have about 20 people ready to be interviewed, but the catch is that right now, I'm not quite sure how to interview them, best practices for interviewing them, which software to use. And even once the interview is done, what do you suggest would be the best way to edit those voices so that they're clear and polished for my first episode? All right. There's a lot of great questions in one. So I think I'm going to take them one at a time. The first question is, what should you do to prepare for an interview? And I do have a complete online course called Booked Out Podcast, and you'll find a link in the show notes. I'm going to offer a lot of great tips on interviewing and the tools and software that you can use. But if you do want the full walkthrough where I teach you how to find guests, how to pitch them, how to interview, how to manage all the logistics, I did just want to share that I have a complete online course on just this topic. But today, let's still offer some great tips. So when you're interviewing a guest, really my best overall tip is to prepare. I will often spend more time prepping for an interview than I will actually recording the interview. And that's because I want to make sure I'm asking the best questions that get my guests best expertise, but also specifically the expertise that my audience wants to hear. So for example, if I were interviewing a social media expert, I don't necessarily want to hear about all of their skills and all of their tips. I really want to focus in on which ones I think apply to podcasters. So I'll do all of this research, I will prep my questions, and I'll keep them all really open-ended. But what I'll say is that even when you get into the interview, you want to leave some room for flexibility. So I make sure that I don't stick too rigidly to exactly the questions I've prepared. I'm always really actively listening and making sure that I ask smart follow-ups based on what they're actually sharing during the call, because usually the follow-ups are where the best stuff happens. That said, I think that the topic we really wanted to focus on today was more about the technology of remote recording and then editing. So I will offer that I have two favorite tools for remote recording. One is called Zencaster, and that's my pick for most podcasters because it's very easy to use. Your guest does not need anything to download or any type of login. They just get a URL from you, and that's it. And it is free, which is everyone's favorite price point. I strongly recommend checking it out at Zencaster.com, or I'll put a link in the show notes. A couple specific things that I like about Zencaster compared to maybe Zoom. So Zencaster, on top of being free, is built to do recordings, unlike Zoom, which is built to do video conferencing. So the quality of your audio when you record over Zencaster is going to be a lot stronger than Zoom. Another thing I like about Zencaster is that by default, it does what's called multi-track recording. 
again, you can do this in Zoom, but the quality over there just isn't as good overall. But the term multi-track recording means that each person's voice is recorded onto its own track. So let's say you cough during our interview. Well, because our voice is recorded to two different tracks, I can actually edit that right out. But if we were on a single track, it's nearly impossible to edit out that kind of a sound. So in terms of your editing process, doing a multi-track recording will almost always lead to a better final audio output in the final episode. Now, before I talk about my other favorite recording tool, did you have any questions about Zencaster? I love the idea that Zencaster is free, but I also worry about why it's free. Do we get to own our own content? Um, and what is the catch with having a free resource? Do they offer paid versions as well? Yes, great question. And I love your skepticism. We should all be skeptical of free tools. But to answer your question, Zencaster does have paid tiers. But for most hosts, I believe that they would be just fine with the free plan. There are some additional things on the paid offerings, like uh, their editing tools, but I don't typically recommend editing with Zencaster. We'll talk more about that shortly. But to answer your other great question, yes, you own any content recorded using Zencaster. They're just a tool and you ultimately get the files from the recording and you can download them and move into editing. Before we get into the editing phase, I wanted to share my other tool recommendation is a newer tool called Riverside. And Riverside, I would recommend if you are also interested in recording video with your podcast or even streaming out to some certain social platforms that have video. And you can find links to both in the show notes. But what's great about Riverside is that they actually use what's called local recording techniques to record onto your computer instead of over the internet, which results in higher quality video and higher quality audio as well. Riverside is a paid tool, but if you want to check out my partner link in the show notes, you can get your first hour for free to see if it's the right fit for you. So you'll find a link in the show notes, or you can visit witandwire.com slash Riverside. Since I've never actually recorded before, I would love for you to talk a little bit about best practices and things that I should look out for before I get started. What are some things that you've learned along the way that would be very helpful for someone like me who's just ready to record and to edit their first podcast. Let me first talk about some tips for recording, and then I can offer a few more for editing. So with recording, I think my biggest tip is just to remember that it isn't live. As soon as you hit record, it really feels like this is all so very permanent. But part of the beauty of podcasting is that you can edit it later. So if you want to restart a question or say something again, you absolutely can do so. And something specific I like to share when it comes to how to restart is what I call messing up gracefully. So let's say you're in the middle of a sentence and you start to stumble. A lot of people have a, you know, well-intentioned kind of normal conversation reaction, which is just to restart one word. So let me see if I can make myself mess mess up like you just kind of keep going like that. You just one word replays almost like a record skip. But that's a lot harder to edit out. So instead, what I recommend is, let's say you start to flub or you don't like how something sounded, just take a breath and start the sentence over. It's a lot easier to edit sentences together than it is to edit half words together. The other part of recording that I'll offer as a tip is that it's always better to leave more space than less. So by that, I mean, let's say you're asking a question or you aren't totally sure if your guest has finished answering their question. It's better to leave a wider gap of time 
because you can always cut out parts of the silence instead of trying to talk over somebody if you aren't sure if they're done. So don't be afraid to just kind of take a breath. It's always going to be a lot easier to edit after the fact. What do you think about editing? What are your thoughts on that? What are my thoughts? I have so many thoughts on editing. So let me start by saying that I think more hosts are capable of editing than they realize. There are user-friendly tools these days, including my favorite Hindenburg, that really do allow you to edit your podcast from start to finish, even with no tech background. So as I just briefly hinted at, my favorite tool is called Hindenburg. And if you find a link in the show notes, you can do a free 30-day trial, so it's totally risk-free. But Over time, it is a paid tool. It's, I believe, $90 one time. So that's one of the things that I like about Hindenburg is that it's not a recurring payment. Like Adobe Audition is a popular choice, but unless you're on the Adobe suite, then it's going to be a recurring payment, which becomes quite expensive. So I think that Hindenburg is much more affordable. Now, getting into the tool itself, I am not paid to promote them. I'm just a true fangirl for Hindenburg, but I like that it's significantly more user-friendly than a lot of other tools. You can just quickly drag and drop in files if you used Zencaster or Riverside to record, or if you're recording locally, which means you're just recording on your own computer, maybe solo, or you're just kind of recording intros and outros, then Hindenburg is a perfect recording tool as well. Inside of Hindenburg, there are also some nice-to-have features. For example, they will auto-level your sound. Leveling is a little bit different from volume. So leveling means that as one person listens to your whole episode, it should play at roughly the same volume. So you're trying to make sure that the music is not so crazy loud, or one person's voice isn't so much softer than the other. And Hindenburg automatically guesses at some of those levels so that you don't have to do it yourself manually. I also just think that compared to some other free tools like Audacity, Hindenburg to me has a friendlier UX, a friendlier interface, and it is easier to learn for total beginners than I think some other tools are. If you've ever used a GarageBand kind of a tool or iMovie or really any movie or audio editing tools, this will look pretty similar. But if you haven't, like I said, there is a free 30-day trial, so I recommend testing it out and seeing how it works. Maybe over time you realize that you want to outsource because it takes a lot of time to edit, but I do strongly recommend that for most hosts, you are probably more capable than you think, and why not give it a go? Most of what that time is spent doing is not necessarily doing anything complicated. It's just listening through from start to finish to see maybe I should edit out this very long um, or maybe they restarted this question. Let me edit out the first time they asked so that only the second time is there. Now on the other end, I would say people expect you to sound like a human. So I don't want any of you to feel like I have to edit out every single filler word and every single breath. Instead, I would just say, take a listen and You'll notice that sometimes people have a really long filler word. Like they'll say, um, and then they'll think about it for a long time because they're trying to imagine what to say next. That's the perfect kind of um that can be edited out in what's called post-production. Post-production meaning everything that happens after the recording. But if it's just somebody answering a question and they happen to use a filler word in the middle, it's totally fine. People expect you to sound like a human on a podcast. So I wouldn't go overboard trying to make everyone sound like they've never used a filler word in their life. You'll know it when you hear it, when you listen back to the recording. And the more you edit, the more you'll start to understand what can stay and what can go. I think I can offer one more thing I kind of circled back to from earlier, 
which is that Hindenburg is my favorite editing tool, but a couple others that I really like are called Reaper. And I mentioned Adobe Audition, which is a great tool. It's just a little more expensive if you aren't already paying for the Adobe suite. Another free option is called Audacity. I think Audacity is a really great tool. The There's no catch. It's like an open source project, so you can download it for Mac and PC. I think Hindenburg is slightly more intuitive. I think that the user experience is maybe a little bit friendlier, but Audacity is very capable. It can do almost everything that Hindenburg can do. The last tool that I like is very different from the others, and it's called Descript. What's unique about Descript is that you give it your audio files, and the way that you edit is actually by looking at your transcript on a screen and editing words. And by editing the words on the screen, it will edit the audio file. It's a newer player in the game. And so I know some of my students are testing it out to see if they like it. I still can't say that I like it better than Hindenburg, but it's definitely a unique option for somebody who feels more comfortable with a different type of editing process. So if in doubt, I would say go with Hindenburg or Audacity if you know that free is right for you. If you want to try something that's a little bit different, maybe Descript could be a good option. I'm a really big fan of things that are intuitive and easy to learn right away. Hindenburg sounds like something that you're really passionate about, which gives me hope that it's not as scary as it sounds. The next thing I was thinking about was Audacity, and I don't have very much experience with that, but I'll take a peek at that once I'm done looking at Hindenburg. What's great about Audacity is that because it's free, you can always check it out and see if it does start to make sense to you and if the editing comes together. And then if you want, you can also try Hindenburg because they do have a 30-day free trial. So it's risk-free. You can see if you have a strong preference for one or the other, and then you can just kind of go from there. I know a lot of it is just personal preference. There's no one tool that's perfect for everyone, but that's why we're so fortunate to have you know so many great options to choose from. Thanks so much, Melissa. I'm really grateful you took the time to help me. Your podcasts are so amazing and useful and I mean, I'm really excited to get started. Oh, thank you. I'm excited to see how your podcast goes, and I can't wait to tune into your first episodes. When can listeners maybe expect to keep an eye out for when you might launch, and is there a way that people could keep in touch with you? The name of my podcast will be called Corporatainment, and I will have an Instagram page, a YouTube channel, and a Twitch account on the name Corporatainment. And so far, right now, I just have a YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is my first and last name, Amora Brown, where I talk about plants. Not very relevant, but once my podcast gets up and going, it will be the name Corporatainment, C-O-R-P-O-R-T-A-I-N-M-E-N-T. Before we go, if you are looking for all of the tools referenced in today's episode, you can find them in the show notes at witandwire.com slash 24. I also want to mention that at Wit & Wire, we do offer many courses on editing, booking guests, and a ton of the other topics we covered today. And if you're interested to learn more, you can visit witandwire.com slash courses. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you enjoyed this episode, and I hope that you did, I would love to ask you for a quick review in Apple Podcasts. To leave a review, visit witandwire.com slash apple and hit the cute little stars. And if you're feeling generous, you can include a comment with something that you love about the podcast, and I'll choose a few to include in shoutouts in upcoming episodes. Thank you again for joining me, Melissa Guller, in this episode of Wit & Wire. I'll see you next time, podcasters.